The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason. Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, he's 50 pounds. Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious Psychosis, psychosis. Whatever, whatever, he's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 300, Sparta Kick, of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese. What's going on, Mo? Man, I was expecting a lot more for number 300, but we're getting uh, we giving y'all the AEW um, million dollars of power roll. <laughs> power roll. <laughs> yeah, man, the uh, the old Booker's been busy, man, so I couldn't corral anything special. Plus, we got a little bit more of a time constraint now than we used to have and uh we started a lot earlier too so i figured we get the people this uh this old one two punch here and uh you know we'll just make it a great show like we always do that's true but yes thank you to everybody who's been a guest listened downloaded uh rated reviewed all one or all 300 episodes of the wrestlecast <laughs> And NXT cast and SmackDown Matters and the Raw cast as well. How can I forget the Raw cast? Um, so definitely appreciate Miss Didi Jonay, Sam, Greg, Mo to the underscore Reese, Jade to the Max, Miss Simi, Terry's Boy, and Wall Starwin, uh, Miss V, uh, Miss Jupiter Julep, Quintessential R, uh, everybody who's ever been a guest or co-host on Madam these particulars Madam Lizette, yes uh, on this show and uh, uh, Cast a Strong Style, we greatly appreciate you guys being a part of the CSPN, being a part of this family, I cannot do these podcasts without any of those people that I mentioned, so I'm forever thankful and grateful and also one last shout out to Mr. Classic Materia, the godfather yeah. of it all I mean, it was hold up on before we start um, it was like you know, I remember when Classic had said he was starting the wrestling cast back up. And I first saw the whole stuff. I was like, I don't know these guys. It was Sam, Greg, and Don. I was like, I don't know these guys. But he was given that knowledge of wrestling where it was talking about a lot of old school um, things that was going on. And, you know, it was just a commentary that, you know, I never heard before. And then they added B. Jonay, and it became that, that four person team you know that I would like be listening to every week you know either going to class or going to work and I was getting my I was getting my WrestleCast um, fixed in and then one day I was just like you know what I gotta get up on this show so one day I think it was um, A who used to um, have a stage he used to be a part of the show on the network years ago he was talking about it. I said and I made it I said you know what I'll get for the WrestleCast as a guest. 
you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause some problems. And then next thing you know, I got hit up and made it to the show. And years later, I hear my voice every week. Now. <laughs> but I thank Dawn for, you know, for keeping the ship afloat and, you know, providing the space for all of us, you know, talk, um, wrestling, um, we be in the spaces, well, as of recent, the spaces, but on Twitter, social media, talking, wrestling, and it's a joy just to be around like-minded folks and just, um, it's just, it's just, it's great to be there. And I'm glad that um, we're still around for 300 episodes and, you know, hopefully we get, we have more to come. Well, thank you, Mo, to the underscore Reese again for those kind words. Um, thank you for listening and being a fan uh, for as long as you were before you became a co-host. That definitely means a lot. Thank you to everybody, like I said, who has been a, co- a guest or a co-host on these programs. I've enjoyed everybody's commentary with color. Glad that we can provide the space for people to come in, share their comments, feel like they're in a safe place, have fun. Um, you know, the ladies feel like they can come in and have their creep cast moments, and it's very, it's fair and balanced, and and that's the way we keep it here. Listen, the ladies, they really when they when they get that creep creep cast on, they get that creep cast on. And if you was in the space before Sunday, you know what was going to happen to that. And I and I and I enjoy, and I enjoy it. I'm like, hey, you know, ladies, they're watching wrestling. They don't have to be shamed for watching wrestling. They can enjoy it too. It's, oh, well, no, we'll talk about this on the pay-per-view. We'll talk about it when we do the pay-per-view recap because something happened on the pay-per-view and I've been laughing. The, I was laughing like the whole day just thinking about it, but we'll talk about it. All right. Well, now that we got all the warm and fuzzies out of the way, just to let you know, we are on the CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also subscribe to the WrestleCast through iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitch Radio. All you have to do is search for the WrestleCast dash the CSPN. Subscribe to the logo with the new day holding the WrestleCast sign, and you'll get this program and all of our programs about wrestling on the CSPN in your podcast queue each and every week. So y'all know what we do at this time. We turn it over to Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese for the Mo Meltzer News Report. Now, see, before before I came along, they weren't really talking about news like that. So I just kind of started talking about news just to have some just some extra conversation going on. And Sam and Sam mm-hmm. did uh, Mo Meltzer. <laughs> so shout out to Sam for that one. And now we talk about what's going on in the wrestling world. Um, so. Uh, Chris Bay, um, he's a black wrestler that wrestles on Impact. Um, looks like he's going to be joining the Bullet Club. Um, if you, like Impact has been taping some shows, and they made it. Um, it you know, I was reading, and it was like, you know, Bullet Club gets a new member, and I was like, Chris Bay, and I was like, oh, that's a good addition because this dude can flat out wrestle. I mean, he like he's what. I think a lot of y'all want Ricochet to be when it comes to like talking and things like that. So um, he's gonna he's joining the Bullet Club. Here's the weird thing coming from the WWE: they have new Braun Strowman merchandise. <laughs> Braun might have took that pay cut, man. It came on back on the team. Yeah, that's what that's what that's what um, that's what the 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 the, the, the thinking is. Like he might have they might have said. 
you know, we're going to cut you, but we're going to bring you, we're going to cut your pay because you make way too much money. So I guess that whole thing about um, the whole uh, booking fee with five zeros, which is still funny. <laughs> but, um, you know, so I guess they, so they say they release new merchandise. And when do you know they release a new merchandise on a talent that they released? Like, come on now. Like, nah. I mean, anything you might get that merchandise at a discounted rate, but um, no. So they say he has new merchandise, so probably expect to see him somewhat soon, right. sooner than later. Right. Um, the AWA premiered um, has been premiered on on Peacock now. Um, AWA has been on the WWE Network proper for years, but I guess. They have some new shows they, they've added on there. So, and it was like one of the, the screen grabs showed a very young Shawn Michaels. And I was like, ooh, this is definitely a young Shawn. I was just like, Shawn Michaels, way before he um, came to what he was um, in the 90s um, in um, the WWF, WWE. Mm-hmm. So, if you're looking for some old school AWA, check it out on Peacock. Oh, they finally got some up there, huh? Well, it's, already, it's, it's been there for, for years. Like, it, they, they had some on there. But I guess it's, like, new content or probably just new, newer content for what I'm, I'm reading. Okay. Yeah. AWA was always good, man. Uh, I love the AWA. When they show up, those shows on, um, they just had the broadcast shows that come on TV. I think AWA came on Wednesdays. And I used to watch, I used to remember, like, the tapes. Used to you know, let's go to my father's house. Used to go grab some wrestling tapes. I would grab an AWA tape and watch because it was a great wrestling on there. So yeah, yep. they used to come on every day after school on ESPN near the end. Yep, yep. That's that's I think that's the shows that they're premiering on um, the network. Okay, um, okay. I might need to go back and watch yeah. some of those. Watch some old Pat Tanaka, <laughs> Pat Rose tag team matches. Yeah. Um, this bit of news came down. Um, so it looks like Naomi may move it over to the blue, blue brand. Yep, yep. They, they slid her on over there uh, silently on Monday. Which should have been done when Jay came back. No, when, no, when Jimmy came back. Sorry. When Jimmy Uso came back, they probably should have had her slid on over there and just stayed over there and everything. But it seems like, you know, people just are still annoyed the fact that people make it seem like that it was her fault that he was out drinking and, like, she was wrestling that night. She was definitely, you know, on a show. So, it's like, you know, like they, like they said, they had to have take responsibility for their own actions, but they can't just be putting it on her and make it seem like she has to, you know, reel them in. But... I think the WWE has a policy of when couple when they have like married couples or couples that are like dating, they keep them on the same brand so they won't like won't split up to nothing like that. Yeah, they don't want to have um, a divorce rate because they don't want another edge and uh, leader situation. Ugly. Um, WWE contract with Hulu is set to expire. So Don doesn't like to watch. When I try to suggest that he watch main event, he doesn't want to log on to Hulu to watch it. He'd rather it be shown on um, 
or Fox or um, USA Network. He doesn't want to log on to another stream device to see wrestling. It's not Peacock. So. <sighs> I barely turn on Peacock to watch WWE. Right. So like we barely watch we barely ever since they, they like they made the switch over to Peacock, I have not watched any I mean I might have watched a pay per view or maybe some old nitros, but it's hasn't been my cup of tea because Peacock is not not the business at all. Mm-hmm. And the last bit of news that I have looks as if Harry Smith is back in the WWE. Now, if you're wondering who Harry Smith is, that's the son of the late Davy Boy Smith. And Harry Smith was once signed to the company. Uh, well, he said, I think he signed in 2006, and he had a run with T.J. Wilson and Natty. They were the Hart Dynasty, and. He had got, I know, he remember he got suspended because he um, he had uh, he had a fellow drug test, so he had got suspended. But then he had got released, and he's been all around the world, you know, wrestling in New Japan. He wrestled um, the pro wrestler Noah, I believe. He's definitely been you know, overseas wrestling and everything, and he was wrestling. I think he was wrestling a dark match. On SmackDown, they cut up an interview with him, um, and he was saying that he's back in the company. So good for him. You know, you, you know, you get signed at a young age, and then you, do, you leave, you go around the world, you come back. We'll see. We'll see what that that um, international tour has done for him. All that time and all those other promotions definitely will be a benefit to Harry Smith. Kind of get out of that WWE bubble, get mm-hmm. you know, go recapture your confidence because I think a lot of people go into the E and when they come out after it doesn't go the way that they thought that it would become that 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 it would that it would go, they kind of lose their confidence and have to get their confidence back. And I think that's what he did because he's looked good in a lot of different places that I've seen him play. I mean, excuse me, uh, wrestle. Uh, in New Japan, he looked good when he was in New Japan. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that David Boy Smith Jr. definitely has a lot to offer to uh, the roster. Probably Brawl uh, looks like it. What he in New Japan? Suzuki Gun, yes. Yeah, because when they came back and attacked, I forgot who they attacked after the Wrestle um, Kingdom. They he was in that match. L.I.J. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. It was either LIJ or Chaos, but yeah, yeah, he was out there throwing people around, hossing people. Hey, so good for him. He's back in the company, so we'll see how things work out for him. Well, now it's time to talk about money in the bank that took place this past Sunday. So thank you to everybody who used the hashtag MoneyCastHoles. Uh, to share their commentary with color inside the live tweet and also everybody who joined us for the Twitter spaces as well. It was a glorious time. Uh, The Twitter spaces was a lot of fun. 
a lot of people getting their commentary with color uh, off and uh, yeah it was a party had by all so we start off with the say no to pre-shows match it was a pretty good one as the Usos took on Ray and Dominic Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Uh, first, before we really get into this mode, just I want to get your thoughts on SmackDown in front of the crowd. First time uh, in 18 months with the live audience. SmackDown was our first chance to to uh, to, to, to get the live crowd back since WrestleMania. But uh, your thoughts on just the overall night and uh, kind of what stood out to you? Um, we still was lit for um SmackDown, so it was great to see the, the fans back and you know Vince opening the show by asking where the hell have you been, and you know it was just great just seeing you know him the pop that Edge got um he got that huge pop, so that was good for him um. It was, I guess it was a great show, you know, seeing, you know, just seeing new faces back. Finn came back. It was good to see him come back. Um, Shotzi and Knox, they um, kept that momentum going against Natty and um, Tamina. Um, Yeah, so it was a great show. I enjoyed it. All right, all right. So they kept that momentum up in Dallas uh, as we have the SmackDown Tag Team title Fort match. Worth. Yes, sir? Fort Worth. They're in Fort Worth. Fort Worth, Dallas. It's all the same. Arlington, they all three to Metroplex. It's all the same. No, well, I don't know. They was, was in Fort Worth. So we're going <laughs> to keep it accurate here, sir. Uh, look, if you ever, you ever, you ever, you remember the old um, show Dallas, right? The TV show, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. The, the iconic music and the right, and you remember the intro, right? It was just a flyover mm-hmm. of the whole what they called the city of Dallas. You know, mm-hmm. they showed uh, Texas Stadium in that, and that's in Irving, and Irving and Fort Worth are supposed to be like very close to each other, so it's all Dallas. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, because you because you see the um, yeah, because I know sometimes you see. Like and something it's say Dallas Fort Worth things like that. So yeah, I get it. I definitely get it. <laughs> a shot from behind puts Ray Mysterio down, so Jay can hit the super five splash and only gets a near fall. Ray is back up, but he charges into a hot shot into the turnbuckle. A roll up with Jay pushing Jimmy, like using his legs to you know give him extra leverage, pins Ray Mysterio, and we have new. SmackDown Tag Team Champions Jimmy and Jay The Usos I was not expecting them to win I thought that was going to come at SummerSlam but Took them to the penitentiary Took them there Clink clink Locked them down Got the titles back so this is what seven times, right? Yep. Seven times your world's tag team champions, the Usos. Yeah, this was a good match, man. Good um, kickoff match. 
Uh, lots of action, good near falls, crowd definitely into it. You know, it's really hard to beat a really good tag team match as far as crowd participation and energy and things like that. So um, they definitely got the crowd riled up and ready for the Money in the Bank show proper. So the opening video looks at the history of pulling down the briefcase and what it can mean for your career. Then we start off with the women's Money in the Bank match where we have Naomi, Asuka, Natalia, Tamina, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Ash, Selena Vega, and Liv Morgan all vying for the Money in the Bank briefcase. Natalia and Tamina cut off Alexa Bliss and sent her outside into the barricade. So all the other women, they bury Alexa Bliss underneath ladders so that she is no longer a threat. Liv Morgan goes up the ladder, but Tamina makes the save. Liv Morgan, her, Karana's Tamina into the corner, but two more ladders are set up in the ring. The big climb is on where all six people are climbing up at once. So there's three ladders and then, you know, everybody's basically paired off with somebody. And then that's when Nikki Ash, it's hard for me to say that with a straight face, um, runs up the ladder, steals the briefcase in the middle of this fray. And Nikki, almost a superhero, is your money in the bank winner. Say who say what? Oh, we we saw that. We was in the spaces watching that, and we let out a, 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 a very um, uniform. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like as what I called it the theft. She straight up, <laughs> she straight up thieved this joint. From everybody, and the faces that they had afterwards was uh, it was like they were shocked, like what the hell just happened? <laughs> like we can't believe we let this happen. So yes, so Nikki, almost a superhero, has the women's Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, we recap the Usos winning the tag team titles on the pre-show that we just saw like 20 minutes ago. The uh, Romans in the back, <laughs> he is very happy and says, "Hold on to the titles for him." He says, winning the titles was the easy part, though, because Reigns already did the hard part. Now that they have all the gold, it's time to give Roman what he wants. The Usos both acknowledge him as the tribal chief, and Roman is proud of them. He gives them all hugs. But uh, Jimmy, his uh, his acknowledgement of the tribal chief seemed a little hollow compared to Jay's. That was hilarious. <laughs> Jay was like, you know what it is, big homie. You know, I'm all in with it. You the tribal chief out Najee. And Jimmy was like, yeah, yeah, bro. You it? Uh-huh. That's you? Yeah, but Jay had a sample of, like, food. You got to speak to like, and now some food? <laughs> right. Yeah, man, you, you the tribal chief. No other shit. <laughs> The Viking Raiders versus AJ Styles and Amos for the Raw Tag Team Titles is our next match. Uh, so after not having any tag team title matches on the last pay-per-view, uh, we get both sets of titles defended here in short order. So running forearm, stagger Amos and get him down to one knee with the running clothesline putting him on the floor. Back in, AJ integrates Ivar into the corner, but the phenomenal forearm misses. The Viking experience connects, but almost shoves Eric into the corner to break up the pin. Things settle down. 
almost comes back in for the choke bomb to Eric. And he pins Eric and AJ and almost retain the Raw Tag Team titles. I didn't expect this match to be as good as it was. Uh, AJ Styles, Ivar, and Eric would be the reason for that, sir. <laughs> they did what they needed to do make to make almost serviceable. See, this is what I don't get about this. Okay, we, we got a project. He's clearly a project. We're going to put him with AJ Styles. Okay, cool. Well, in the old days, this would have been fine because he would have been wrestling three times a week, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, at least in the house shows. Come do TVs on Mondays or Tuesdays, whenever they tape the TVs. And then, you know, he would be gaining experience on the road and then just having the presence on TV. You hear what I'm saying? Right. But now, because of, you know, pandemic and things like that, not being able to tour and do the house shows, now he's having to try to learn and have presence on TV, but they're not really letting him learn because they're not letting him have any matches with some jobbers where he can go out there, showcase himself, you know, get himself over, establish his moveset. Like, we don't even know what this dude can do because we haven't seen him wrestle enough and it just seems like they would have had some jobber tag teams for AJ Styles and almost to beat up on Raw you know maybe not even title defenses but just kind of tune up matches you know hey almost is he needs some work you know and go from there I, I just don't like the way that they're trying to bring him along with his development maybe now that the Turing is going to start back in a limited capacity. He can, you know, gain a lot more in-ring time. But I just feel like they've wasted a lot of potential in-ring time to get him better a lot faster the way they've been well, kind of booking apparently, him. Well, apparently, um, they brought Kevin Nash in to work with him. Okay. That's what Kevin Nash had um, made, made reference on the sporting um the Broken Skull session. So. so Kevin Nash is going to tell him, hey man, look here. Six moves. That's all you need. Probably. <laughs> he probably is going to work with him and then take it from there. So, you, you know. You know what I'm talking about, right? You get the reference to Kevin Nash, Six Moves of Doom. Here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Jimmy. But he had five moves. But he added a six to his arsenal as well, too. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, but I just like to, I just would have liked to see Amos, you know, wrestle a few more matches uh, on television. Some, you know, squash matches, not really highly competitive, but, you know, a good squash match or two or three and kind of, you know, be like, you know what, Amos is getting better, but you can't really tell if he's getting better because, you know, it, his time in the ring has been so limited. Um, Drew McIntyre promises to win the briefcase later in the evening. We recap Kofi Kingston versus Bobby Lashley for the Raw World title. Kingston wants to get the title back and thinks Lashley is going soft. That led to Xavier Woods beating Lashley on Raw, sending Lashley completely over the edge. Lashley promises to be more serious, and that could go very badly for Kofi Kingston. So now it's time for Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE title. The hurt lock goes on, but Kofi Kingston manages to escape, earning himself a hard suplex. Lashley hits a dominator, followed by a posing, and then another dominator, 
followed by more posing and a third dominator. And then he applies to Hurt Lock again, and Kofi Kingston has to tap. Woo! Domination wasn't a word for this one. Oh, this was an ass whooping, son. <laughs> this was exactly what it needed to be after the promo Bobby cut on Monday, where he was like, I'm focused. Trying to make me go soft with this champagne and these women. I'm going to annihilate Kofi Kingston. I'm going to pile up his body in a bunch of broken bones. And that's basically what it was. Uh, this was uh, two and a half times longer than the Brock Lesnar Kofi Kingston match. Of course, because that was only like, what, six seconds? Yeah, this was like seven minutes. At least Kofi did, you know. Get some offense. He, barely. If you want to call what he did getting offense in, barely. And like I and people was upset about it. And I'm like, when was the, but here's the thing people are failing to realize. When was the last time that we've had a dominant black champion? A dominant current the WWE title? Mm, Booker wasn't really dominant when he was a champion. He was more of a chicken. You said never, sir. So <laughs> this you said never, sir. So in the in the, in the tweets. Yeah, well, I was just trying to uh, trying to just recap my mind, like go through the Rolodex, like hmm, yeah. So the answer is still never. We recap Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's Title. Ripley snapped on Charlotte last month and lost via disqualification, meaning it's time for a rematch. They have traded knee injuries, so both have a target on them coming into the match. Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte, Raw Women's Title Match. Charlotte heads up top where she blocks the superplex, setting up a super natural selection for a two count, uh, which was a very good near fall. Uh, that was an awesome looking move, too, by Charlotte. The figure four is countered into a German suplex into the corner, but Charlotte sends her head first into the post. Charlotte then ties the leg into the steps and kicks away. Uh, at the leg to injure the knee of Rhea Ripley. Back in, Charlotte applies to figure four. She goes into the figure eight, and Rhea Ripley taps out, and Charlotte Flair is your new Raw Women's Champion. <laughs> Challenge Shogun was shooting off confetti and fireworks. And Dwayne, and Dwayne was shooting off the, the, the um, accolades and everything. <laughs> Uh, Riddle runs into Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Bugs, who get to hear about how much he misses Randy Orton. Bugs plays Randy Orton's theme music as Kevin Owens looks on highly confused. So here's where we got upset with Peacock because Peacock decided that it wanted to mess up. And, and then also in the Charlotte rear match, when Charlotte flipped off the crowd, they try to cut, they try to cut, try to black it out. But ended up showing it anyway. But Peacock was fucking up during this time, and we had to switch to alternative means. The word was that Peacock didn't know that it was um, that this was going on, so then they switched to the international version, and everything was fine. Yeah, apparently that was just a United States issue. Uh, The Canadian version and the international versions were just fine, so that was just because they still have WWE Network, I think. Yeah, so what they did was just switch to the international version and everything was playing fine. I'm like, this is why. And everybody was just making jokes saying, 
Um, they had scrambled porn back in the day. It didn't give them this much problems as Peacock did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah. Money in the bank. Wow. Oh, anything else you like to add? Oh no, I was just saying that was just the um Yeah, go ahead. I was just saying that was that was people's upset about the Peacock in the US. That was that was just the reason why. Right, right. Yeah, it was a very um I, well, probably about what fifteen minutes, maybe ten minutes. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, it really wasn't that long. It was probably about six or seven minutes. It was long enough for that skit in the beginning of the ring entrances. So, like, right. we missed the big E, big entrance he was supposed to have um, with uh, this this time. So, yeah, it was, it was just, um, man, it was just an unfortunate issue of time uh, for Peacock. But, yeah, they did get lit up. And uh, I'm pretty sure Vince McMahon was somewhere blowing a gasket over his uh, his uh, product being uh, interrupted the way it was. Um, in this Money in the Bank match, we had Kevin Owens, King Nakamura, Riddle, Big E, Seth Rollins, Ricochet, John Morrison, and Drew McIntyre. Uh, there's a Claymore to Seth Rollins, and McIntyre goes up the ladder, but Veer and Shanky... Uh, the henchmen for uh, Jinder Mahal in this year, uh, they come in and they take McIntyre out. They, uh, yeah, they drag him off the ladder, beat him down with chairs, and drag him to the back so he is out of the match. The ladder is shoved over with a ricochet on the ladder, so he just lands on the top rope casually and then hits a springboard flip dive onto the pile just because that was just because he that was. I'm like, he jumped, leaped, and he jumped, landed on the top rope, and then flipped off of that and landed on the ring. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've never doubted his athleticism, his creativity, his, you know, high spot ability. It's everything else. The, the, Right. Natural charisma, the promos, the making the, you know, being able to, like, to me, he could draw in the crowd more when he wore the mask than he does without the mask as Ricochet, as far as getting the crowd into the matches. Oh, okay. I just, you know, it, that's my thing with Bray. Like, Bray Wyatt is a phenomenal talker. He's a phenomenal character. He is a phenomenal, he has phenomenal charisma. But his matches never grab you. You never be like, hey, remember that classic Bray Wyatt match? And That's because y'all y'all too pick y'all too ficky um fickle. Fickle as Daniel Bryan once said. <laughs> nah man, Bray Wyatt's matches aren't really that uh entertaining is not the right word. They're, they don't pull you in emotionally. They don't they don't get your emotions into it. Like, our emotions were into this match that we're talking about right here. As Kevin Owens pulls Morrison down and gives him the stunner, followed by a stunner for Nakamura. The pop-up powerbomb from Kevin Owens gets rid, of, gets rid of Ricochet, but this time it's Rollins powerbombing Kevin Owens through a ladder mm. bridge at ringside. Uh, mm. uh, so, Kevin Owens customary big spot uh, through something. 
Uh, and I just think in the last two weeks, he went through that table bridge they had set up on SmackDown, and now he just mm-hmm. went through this big old ladder bridge. Uh, on and then don't forget, he came off the, off the top of the ladder Friday on oh, yeah. to a Oh, yeah, I forgot. I forget. He did that, like, that 30-foot ladder elbow drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, to the camera too. Yes, no regard for his own health and well-being. Uh, Big E is back up with the big mm-hmm. E off the ladder to Seth Rollins. Oh, and I was loud in this house when um, everybody Seth. is down. So Big E climbs up the ladder, grabs the briefcase, and it's Big E, Big e. is the winner of the Money in the Bank oh, my men's match. Uh, he has a great celebration on top of the on top of the ladder, and you can feel the power. Oh man, this this I want to I want to talk about this a little bit in depth. Just the fact that's all he premiered. He was still the NXT champion, and he was you know running with Dolph and AJ Lee. And when he came on, he came onto the scene. It was like, that's the NXT, that's the NXT champion, um, Biggie Langston. And I think if you saw those old, I think it was those old clips of, um, I think John Cena was doing like working the gym. I think he was in those clips. Hmm. I think they, they they showed like I, I guess I think they showed his. Um, I think they were showing when he was doing the the, the, the him on WrestleMania and something like that. And he was in in those old clips with Cena because he was lifting. And I was just thinking, like, he came a long way, you know. And it was basically, I think it was um, Brian Gurritz who said, you know, Big E, you know, didn't stay as the silent, the strong silent type and carved his own way. And now he has the money to bank, you know, um, briefcase. And he was getting congratulations from um, his wrestling peers, um, you know, I'm not you know just not just Xavier E, but I think Big Swole. She um she sent out her congrats. Um, Faye Jackson trolled us all by saying she was like she said she would drop a nude if he would win. Now, you know when when they say nude, nude could be replied to like nude makeup, nude shoes, nude um. Pantyhose, something like that. And, you know, the Thirsties on Twitter thought they was going to actually see some Faye Jackson cakes. <sighs> God, know the trouble when you see one. <laughs> <laughs> you got to know the trouble when you see one. But she, um, yeah, but he got a lot of congrats, and he cut the promo at the end. They was talking to him at the end. And Kofi was Kofi and Xavier was like, "Listen, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is your." They was like, "Kept telling him this is your time," you know, because Kofi had told him before he was like, "This is your time to shine," you know, go out there, and um, he like go out there and you know and and grab it. He said, "Don't wait ten years like I did to get where I got to get to." He said, "This is your time," and you know, this is this is the push that we was talking about. Because they were talking about giving him a push, and everybody thought that that push was like going to the wayside. But he got the money in the bank toilet—I mean, money in the bank um, briefcase. So we only wait and see now if the the 
the next part of this truth that he's going to Raw and he's going to challenge last Bobby Lashley. Ah, it's going to be real interesting. Real interesting. Uh, this was a great moment uh, watching this with everybody uh, inside the Twitter spaces as everybody was going through the ups and downs of those last few minutes. Uh, and then when we all realized after that big ending that, hey, there's there's there's, there's nothing left to do but climb that ladder. Uh, it was a definitely a, a joyous occasion. Lots of, you know, hell years and oh my gosh and just, uh, you know, expressions of satisfaction that hey guess what one of our favorites a person who deserves it who's done the work put in the time been you know a really good um you know soldier as far as you know always being there when they need him to be um never getting in trouble um representing the company well you know finally gets one of the good guys finally gets a chance to you know get that rocket to his back and it also pays off um, that talking smack from all those months ago when he was trolling Paul, talking about, you know, get your boy ready. It's going to be coming. I got this Intercontinental title right now, but I'm not satisfied with that. That's another title I want. And uh, your man got it. And, you know what I'm saying, y'all might not think I'm much of a threat now, but I'm going to be one. So, you know, he better keep his eyes out for me. So, yeah, so all of that promo and all from all those months ago um, is going to pay off now. And uh, I can't well, like wait. Said, one of the good guys. And it was it was doing that promo. He was he was saying how it was days that he didn't want to, you know, he, he was, didn't want to get up and come in because he of the position that he was in. But he kept at it and it paid, it's paid off for him. And I'm just happy to see someone who I've enjoyed over the years, you know, whether it was in the ring or if it was cutting promos or things like that. He's been one of the most entertaining, you know, wrestlers, you know, I've watched, you know, and I'm just so thankful that he's actually going to get able to be able to um, show, be able to, you know, get a chance to run for the, the big prize, to grab that brass ring as Brent's, Prince Vince always say. <laughs> Seth Rollins is furious over the loss and says that wasn't good enough. He needs a new plan and he isn't waiting around to become the next Universal Champion. He's going to do something about it. And we, and we, and... <laughs> we get uh, the video recap for Edge versus Roman for the Universal title. Edge was supposed to win the title at WrestleMania but then just didn't as Reigns wrecked both he and Daniel Bryan. Now Edge says he is back for his one-on-one title match and he knows he can make Reigns tap even if it takes a piece of a chair. So Roman Reigns versus Edge universal title match. The cross face with the uh, piece of the chair goes on as the referee is taken out but here are the Usos coming down to help Roman, but they are cut off by the Mysterios. Roman Reigns gets out of the hole as we still don't have another referee. Seth Rollins comes down to lay out Edge, and the spear is loaded up only to have Edge hit his own spear for a two count from another referee. Seth Rollins comes back down again, so Edge kicks him off the mat, allowing Roman to spear Edge and retain the Universal title. So we'll get a distraction finish. It will be. It would be the essence of a distraction finish. So um, 
they had a very difficult task, which they went about in a very smart way. That men's money in the bank ladder match was yeah. phenomenal. Was a yeah. great match, not just because of how it ended, but the match in general was put together very well. Everybody had a chance to shine, um, spots and everything. So they had to follow that. And what they do, they had a classic 1997 WWE main event match. Slow, plodding, whole. I mean, they was chain wrestling in this match. Yeah, holes, <laughs> reversals, counters. And a lot of people was like, oh, it's so slow. It's too boring. It took them like half a match before it really got good. That was the whole purpose. Oh, point. Yeah, mm-hmm. of them. They had a. I see a lot of people don't understand main event match what it's supposed to be now because they're so used to seeing the flips and the this and the dives and this and the that and a hundred miles an hour. No, the main event match is supposed to be slow and plotting and you know because these are supposed to be the best two guys on the card and they're not just going to be rushing out here, you know pulling out foolish maneuvers against each other because you can get beat like that. So I really like the way that they approached this match. It wasn't like Randy Orton, Triple H plotting it slow. They did keep it, you know, they did have a lot of back and forth action. But Roman was whooping his ass for the majority of this. He was. Um, Like we said, Edge did get a good comeback, did have a couple of near falls there. Um, then, you know, they did what we thought they were going to do. They set up the Seth Rollins and Edge, uh, you know, situation. So after the match, Rollins says that Edge would be champion if it was not for him. So Reigns owes him. Edge then gets up and jumps Rollins to fight him into the crowd. Roman grabs the mic and says, everyone can acknowledge him. And then we heard that familiar trumpet. Mm-hmm. John Cena. He comes through that curtain, and man, this place went bonkers. Bonkers. Uh, Cena's all fired up to be home. Of course, he you know does the salutes and all the pondering, and pulls out the towel and runs down the you know aisle a hundred miles an hour, slides in the ring. He steps towards Roman. He does the "You can't see me." And then he gets up on the turnbuckle and throws him up. And that is how we end Money in the Bank. Mm, mm, mm. This was a tremendous show, man. It was. Now, this is how things work, though. It was an okay show until the Rhea Ripley and Charlotte match because no matter what people say, they were tired of that match. But mm-hmm. those two unexpectedly may have had the match of the night. And from that point on, everybody else had to follow them and they did a great job of living up to the standard that they had set. They had to. They had to. Um Two things happened during that main event. During that main event. First one was it was involving two kids. It was um so it was a white kid when um Roman went and got the chair and um and and slammed it and the and the mother was like, We love you, Roman Reigns. 
like, we love who? <laughs> who do you love? <laughs> I mean, she said with no conviction, she was just like, we love you, Roman Reigns. And, and he just looked at his moment like, I know you did not just Say, acknowledge yeah. the teeth. <laughs> yeah, not we. You, maybe, but not we. <laughs> and the second one involves Linda McMahon. So Linda McMahon was at the, um, at the show. So the black kid um, down there when John Cena came out and he was trying to you know get close to record Cena um, being in the ring. His phone was recording it. So security told him to step back. So Linda looked over at him and said, and Sugar Hay said, it's okay, Mouth, it's okay. And so she looked to see when he was coming back up. And so that's what the security guy um Told him he could come back up, and he said, the little boy inch closer. So Linda took her hand and pulled him up towards the um the um the um barricade the, bar- the barricade, and you know she you know was had her hand on his back, and he was recording um Cena um in the rain, you know doing his thing. Well, isn't that so, nice of Linda McMahon to help a little black kid out so the security wouldn't hinder him He had to step away and she just looked at him and was like, it's okay. And, you know, and I was like, that was so nice. These and so guards be, you know, these Omos looking dudes be overstepping their bounds sometimes when it comes they to They do, them. they do. But this was, but this was, but this was, but that was nice of her. And you know she was rubbing his back, and he was recording Cena. And he was happy. It was like that same kid, the first one I told you about. He was hyped when he saw John Cena come came out there. So you know they was the kids that were happy to see John Cena. And John Cena had cut a promo after the um had cut a promo after the um Money in the Bank. He had said that it's kind of confusing because he saw a sign that said um, if Cena if Cena shows. We we going um we we going to chair. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's still John Cena sucks around here. Don't forget that. Oh, it's going to be John Cena sucks, but it was good to see him back. You know, that was like, well, it what kind? Well, it didn't. It what kind of did? Well, Michael Cole damn near <laughs> off the pants. <laughs> I must need to get that man some wet wipes. Pat McAfee was keeping the kayfabe up by saying where <laughs> when he said he seen his head. He's like where? I was like Pat McAfee. <laughs> Everyone was giving him his props over over from, from SmackDown and um and um, Money in the Bank because especially when Kevin Owens did that um did that elbow drop and Pat McAfee's um reaction was priceless because he was in the, in the corner just jumping like a pure fan. <laughs> Pat McAfee is a pure fan, and I think that they probably tried to take that out of him, like after like, a couple of weeks, and then you know Vince was just like, "Oh, fuck it, man, just let him have it." I mean, you you need that. You you need that's what we need. You need somebody who's like a fan of the product and who's going to bring that element to the show. So yes, yeah, he basically uh, filled in for what Mar Ronaldo used to give us on NXT. Bruh. Bruh. It's... He just don't he just don't have a catchphrase. Right. He don't have a mama mia, but he doesn't have a mama mia, but he just brings 
extra elements. Yeah, I guess him standing up is his Mamma Mia, though. That's when you're <laughs> good. You know what I'm saying? When you see him. I mean, he sat on Michael Cole's neck. Khaled Ren still wants to pay from him for that. <laughs> yeah, so Money in the Bank was very good. We had a couple of title changes. Um, the you know the main event big money matches you know we pretty much got what we thought we were going to get you know the champions retaining we got to see Big E claim the briefcase along with Nikki Cross or Nikki Ash in this case so yeah all in yeah. all great 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 evening got to see Ricochet and John Morrison do some high flying um, didn't quite get to see Naomi do enough high flying stuff though but you know the match wasn't really set up for that so maybe next year but uh yes money in the bank highly successful so now it's time for us to move on to monday night raw so we're gonna start off with john cena so y'all know what that means the 20 minute promo is back john cena says that uh he can still see some people coming in so come on down after acknowledging a kid is turning 11 but a sign that says, I'm here to see John Cena. Cena says he has missed us. Cena talks about what a group effort Raw is and how he was here last night for the end of Money in the Bank. He says, Paul Heyman panicked. Roman Reigns didn't know what he was supposed to do. Michael Cole was really happy. And Pat McAfee still didn't know where Cena was. Cena is back for Reigns, and he thinks about five weeks from now in uh, Alliance Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sounds like a safe bet. He could talk about how important SummerSlam is and how great it would be to win his 17th world title, but it's a lot simpler than that. Roman Reigns is an asshole. Reigns is an overhyped gimmick who isn't as great as he says he is, and that's coming from him. Cena asks to hear the fans a bit more and says that saying it says the saying goes, if they're great, the people will tell you. He's going to be at SmackDown on Friday, and he'll see Roman Reigns there. Here comes Matt Riddle. And they exchange bros before John Cena heads to the back. You ain't going to be coming on Friday talking that spiciness and think you're going to get away with yeah. it this time. Fruit Loop Boy. Fruity Pebbles. Don't come on, don't come on broadcast making threats to um, travel chief or whatever because that's it the Friday nights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enough problem as it is on this show. Yeah, so John Cena out here uh, talking greasy, where Roman is nowhere to be found. We'll see how greasy he get on on Friday. I cannot wait, because yes, the last time this happened, Roman was handcuffed when it came to the promo battle, but Roman ain't got no handcuffs on him now. So Cena ain't gonna be able to just get away with all those little barbs and stuff, and Roman gonna take it. Mm-mm. This gonna be good. I see future parting promo in the future. I see it. See it. I see it. We have the Riddle and the Viking Raiders taking on John Morrison, AJ Styles, and Amos in a six-man tag. Ivar comes in for a running corner drop kick to Morrison, but misses a good-looking moonsault. The Starship Pain misses, but Riddle steals, but Riddle steals Miz's dripstick and sprays Amos, leaving the dripstick with Miz. Morrison goes to save his buddy, but Amos throws him back inside. AJ goes to deal with things, and the Viking experience connects to John Morrison. 
Riddle, and the Viking Raiders are your winners. He tried to, he got caught with the gripstick and almost was like looking very angry, like, like really, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and this was like trying to say, I didn't do it. It was, it was Riddle. You want to try to hear that shit? Nah, he wasn't. Beat that ass. Um, Jackson Riker says he's ready to do some harm to Elias. That leads us to Elias versus Jackson Riker Symphony Symphony of Destruction match. Elias drops Riker onto the piano for a two count. Elias breaks the cello over Riker's back for two more, and they finally get back inside the ring. That doesn't last long though, as Riker suplexes or superplexes, excuse me, Elias through two tables at ringside and pins Elias for the win. Nothing to add here. This was way too nothing because um, we we still are not in support of Jackson Riker. No, we are not. And this match took way too much time. Way too long. Way too much time. Monsoon. I get it. I mean, I get it. They try to get him over, but we're not buying it. So no, no. Monsoon has gotten himself. And Mustafa and Mustafa, excuse me, Ali, a tag team match next week, which does not please Ali. Mansoor talks about how he has seen that Ali was right, so Ali tells him not to screw it up. Sheamus comes in to complain about his match against Humberto Carrillo tonight, but he has to do it anyway. So they were backstage talking to Cyan Deville and Adam Pierce, all four of these people, or three of these people. Uh, Cyan Deville in her outstanding suit. Uh, here is Charlotte for her big celebration because she won the title again. Rhea Ripley can rip off as many of her moves as she wants, but Charlotte still won the title. Uh, the crowd is chanting, we want Becky, and she tells the crowd that Becky isn't here because she's at home breastfeeding her baby. Charlotte brags about all the congratulations that she has received and talks about how she has won 11 women's titles. She can beat Rhea Ripley anytime, so here's Rhea Ripley to say she wants the rematch tonight. Charlotte says no, so Adam Pearce and Sonya Deville come out to make the match for tonight anyway. Charlotte kicks uh, one of Rhea's knees out and leaves. Um, so that is the match that we're going to have set up later in the evening. Yeah, we are. Uh, what do you think about the promo from Charlotte? Promo Promo was good. I mean, but you know, they let the Becky saying that she the location was that she's in Charlotte's head <laughs> on Twitter, and she said she said I'm home breastfeeding, but I'm still the most over woman in this um division. Mm. Rather, mm. Uh, we get a video on the Money in the Bank ladder matches. Now it's time for Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler versus Tamina and Natalia. Nia Jax goes shoulder first into the post, and Natty's discus lariat gets two count. Tamina gets caught up top. Reginald's distraction gets Natalia's attention. Shayna Baszler kicks her down, leaving Tamina to hit this super kick to Shayna Baszler for the pin. Uh, after the match, there's another argument between Shayna, Reginald, and Nia, but this time, Nia headbutts Reginald down, and she leaves the ring with Shayna. That's when Akira Tozawa and the 24-7 
squad come chasing after him running into the ring where Reginald takes Akira Tozawa down and hits a running flipping seated senton to win the title and then Reginald shows his parkour skills as he eludes all of the 24-7 pursuers or 20 yeah 24-7 pursuers yep. uh, so Flippy Skippy living up to his name here what about me again Flippy Skippy, living up to his name here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Vince was like, yes, we're going to put the 24-7 title on him. Look at him. He's flipping. He flipped. He flipped over the, ste- over the, over the, over the steps, and he's jumped into the air. Good for Reggie. Give him something outside of the women's division now he can focus on. Uh, maybe work towards becoming his own man and not needing, you know, the coattails of Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler to help him. Uh, everybody was really uh, thrilled uh, for Nia's new look. She had the the curls in and some new gear, so everybody was definitely feeling the new look from Nia Jax last night. Uh, Sheamus versus Umberto Carrillo non-title match. Sheamus is pulled down with a superhero Karana. A missile dropkick gives Carrillo a two count, but he punches Sheamus in the steel mask. After that brilliant move, Sheamus bro kicks him for the pin. Mm. So we're leading up to uh, Sheamus versus Damian Priest because Damian Priest was watching this match in the back on the television monitor. Um, Umberto Carrillo is one of those people, too, who could have used a month worth of jobber matches to kind of build himself up and, you know, cut a couple of promos talking about going after Sheamus and winning the title and, and, you know, making him a little bit more viable than, uh, he turned out to be. I mean, the perfect time was right after he broke his nose, could have had Umberto Carrillo come out, you know, do a little gloating. Um, but no, they did not see fit to do that. So, uh, Berto Carrillo getting tossed back into catering, I guess, after this one. Uh, here are MVP and Bobby Lashley for an open challenge. MVP mocks the Dallas Cowboys and says that Kofi Kingston was right. Lashley had been getting soft because of the women and the champagne and the good life, but no more. No one is beating Lashley for the championship, so tonight it's time for the ultimate champion to face some loser. Lashley tells whoever is going to uh, answer the open challenge to bring it on. And then we see some like green neon lights, some funky music ain't nobody ever heard before. And out through the curtain comes Keith Lee. Because the girls scream like he's Keith. Get it? So Keith Lee is back from the long hiatus. He looks to be in good shape, healthy. Um, the new music. What do you think about the new music? Did you hear it? Yep. Did you like it? Not really. Yeah, it's not that. It's not as good as the Baskin and Glory NXT music, of course. Right. Uh, I hear it going on in the background. What we got? Opening match. Um, Diamond Mine is coming out. Okay. All right. NXT. But Joe, but Joe, but Joe cut a promo. And I think Regal's trying to tell him not to retaliate or whatnot, but I'm going to watch it again. But uh, he, he definitely was trying to tell him not to retaliate. 
But mm-hmm. see, you were, I mean, you already knew it was coming when um when 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 the show was opening. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you knew what this was about. So uh, let's get this back on track. Keith Lee versus Bobby Lashley open challenge non-title match. Keith Lee splashes Bobby against the post, but an MVP distraction lets Lashley knock Keith Lee off the apron. The spear cuts Lee in half, and Lashley hammers away back inside. The hurt lock is blocked though, and Lashley gets flipped over. Lashley hits a spine buster to take Keith Lee down. Then another spear gives Bobby Lashley the pin over. Keith Lee. Yep. Uh, yep. Just your initial reaction to seeing Keith Lee back. Um, it was good seeing him back, but it was kind of underwhelming for me. It was underwhelming for me. Yeah, I thought this was going to end in a DQ. They were just going to like maybe brawl to the back or something. And so, you know, you don't necessarily pin Keith Lee. Uh, on his first match back in months and months and months, but the people, um, you know, happy to see him. But nope, they had him out here jobbing. So, um, yep. you know, that's what and he was like. He said he was. It was. He said it was good seeing. It was good being back. He was like. He said, "Tell the fans keep being loud. They have, they have no choice but not to ignore you or something like that." Him and me and him was. Um, and then me and him was like, "Babe, similar. this is such a good feeling for him." So. So she should, she should be soon then. I hope so. I guess he's not gonna ever tell us what the deal was though. Of course not. He'll probably tell us the years when he when when if he after he leaves the company and he has that shoot interview. Right, right. Uh, after the match, Lashley poses, and then you know they're basically screaming out, "There's nobody around here who can uh, challenge Lashley." And then, wow. And then we hear. The music, Goldberg comes down, the pyro, the smoke. He walks through all of that, gets in a ring. He gets in Lashley's face and says, like, and says, he's next. Lashley is ready to go right now, but MVP holds him back. We like, why is he here? <laughs> uh, the contract says that he needs to show up at this Two point. Two fights a year. This is the second, this is the second, um, his second match, his second appearance. Yep, yep. So, this is what we get: Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley shaping up for SummerSlam. Jinder Mahal, Veer, and Shanky come out for a promo. Jinder Mahal, who is celebrating his birthday, is proud of what he did to Drew McIntyre last night at Money in the Bank because McIntyre embarrassed him last week with that fake sword. Then McIntyre destroyed his motorcycle, but this isn't about a motorcycle. Mahal wants McIntyre out here, so here comes Drew from behind through the crowd with a chair, and he cleans house. Veer and uh, Jinder Mahal Bell leaving Shanky to take an insane 20 chair shots to the back that was accompanied by 40 uh, camera cuts via Kevin Dunn. Yes. I hope nobody's child caught an epileptic seizure while they were watching that. I'm sure he did. We have a debut, a debut of Karrion Cross. So we see the Karrion Cross video, and then that leads to Karrion Cross versus Jeff Hardy. Uh, Karrion Cross out here, bland AF with no Scarlet. Uh, so yeah, y'all know how we feel about that. 
Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, really? They gonna have him debut here, here? Okay. Carrying cross starts fast, but gets sent into the post. It's way too early for the swan time. He misses it, but the big forearm from Carrying Cross is cut off. They go into the corner with Jeff Hardy grabbing a roll up, putting his feet on the ropes, and he pins Carrying Cross. That was the shocker right there. Yes, Carrying Cross out here, a loser in his uh, debut match on Raw. No woman, just the NXT title, no charisma, no nothing. Carrying cross, but Vince is gonna love it. And he cut a promo saying that Jeff Hardy just made the biggest mistake of his, his career or his life or some shit like that. Yeah, and he will fall and pray. It's time for Alexis Playground. Lily is back. Eva Marie and Piper Niven come in with Eva threatening to have Piper Niven beat Lily up. Like the drop. The, yeah, the drop. Bliss wouldn't recommend that, but Eva leaves only to trip over the drop's foot. Alexa Bliss thinks that Lily did it. Uh, this is a throwaway segment right here. We didn't even have to have that. Uh, nope. Main event time, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the Raw Women's title. Ripley manages the Northern Light suplex, but Charlotte boots her in the face. The moonsault hits Ray's knees, and Ripley grabs her own figure four. Charlotte reverses that for the break, but then Rhea hits a super kick into the riptide for a two count. But she was too close to the ropes until Charlotte got her foot on the ropes. That's enough for Charlotte, though, who tries to walk out. Ripley follows uh, Charlotte only to get hit in the face with the title. And that is a DQ. So after the match, Rhea Ripley jumps Charlotte again and lays her out. And all of a sudden, we hear Nikki Cross's music. And we have a cash-in. So Nikki Ass versus Charlotte. Nikki is challenging for the uh, SmackDown Women, or excuse me, the Raw Women's title. Nikki hits a high cross body to Charlotte, pinning her in 10 seconds. And Nikki is your new Raw Women's Champion. And she celebrates in the crowd as we end the show. So in the next like four days, when Nikki Cross tests positive for the Delta variant and has to forfeit her title, we'll all know why. You would want that to happen. I don't want it to happen, but good gracious, the possibility of it happening is very high after jumping in that crowd. You see they ain't had no mask on. Oh, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying. That was just that was that was just that was just that was just wild to see. And then Kami D said Charlotte's a transitional champion. And I was like, ooh. I know that had to hurt Charlotte Shogun M.A. deep down in his gut that they just used Charlotte as a prop, as a mannequin for the title for one night um, to get Nikki Cross this moment and try to uh, solidify this new gimmick and change in her career. Um, very, very, very happy for Nikki. Uh, she has been, you know, putting in a lot of work in NXT and on the main roster. So for her to get this little run with the title, well-deserved. So we'll see what comes of it. 
what this uh, almost a superhero gimmick is really all about, fleshed out as a champion, the champion on Raw, should be very interesting going forward. But uh, your thoughts, sir? She made, she, she made um, history as being the first woman competitor that challenged for all four of the women's like single titles on like like on tel- in televised matches. It was like NXT was at the takeover and um, San Antonio. NXT UK, I think it was a couple years ago, um, the SmackDown Women's title and the Win the Wall Women's title last night. So she made a little history with that one. Um, I thought Raw was a pretty good show. Um, it was good to see the fans back on TV. No more Thunderdome, no more Pipe One. Pipe Swiss and Pipe Ten. Chance, but no more just seeing screens. No more. Um, we got we got that element of our fans back. Um, very underwhelming seeing Keith Lee back. I mean, it was good to see Keith Lee back, but that match was underwhelming. Um, Carrying Cross, wondering what's what's going to happen with him going forward because, from what I've read, he's um, already listed. And internal memos, memos as um, a member of the raw roster, and he's a heel. So we'll see how that plays out. He's a heel. Yeah. So um, that was a good show. I hope we we'll to see if they're gonna keep the momentum going forward. Right. Right. Um, yeah, so can't complain about Monday Night Raw coming off of that pay-per-view, man. I mean, we got Keith Lee back. We got a cash in. Um, saw some things advance a little bit. Roman, uh, excuse me, um, Bill uh, Goldberg coming back to challenge Bobby. So, you know, we're shaping some things up towards SummerSlam. Uh, they're not wasting any time. They've only got about five weeks. Uh, so they've really got to get things uh, lined up and moving forward really fast. And I thought they accomplished that. Uh, Monday Night Raw still had some weird pacing. It seemed like it took forever for the first hour and a half to go by. But it uh, kind of picked up a little bit in that second part of the 9 o'clock hour. So uh, very happy to see that that uh, was the case. And the ending of it was very good. So, um, you know, Monday Night Raw better than it has been in quite a while. And hopefully it continues to pick up this steam as we head towards SummerSlam uh, next month. So I'm going to turn it over to my man, Mo to the underscore Reese on episode 300 of the WrestleCast for his shout outs and thank yous. So, um, if this is WrestleCast 300, um, just want to thank you once again, the listeners. Um, over the weekend, well, Friday night, rather, um, we were on a boat, I was on a boat ride, um, do a little thing called Urban Pirates. We had them send off one hour of old co-workers. So, you know, I was thinking about, not only about, I was thinking about, thinking about SmackDown, and I was thinking about, you know, just shouting out everybody, um, Dawn, Simi, Jamie, Terry, Roy, um, and Walsh Darwin, um, you know, for you know us to be the next the next generation of the of the um uh, WrestleCast network um CSPN. Um we do you know we got some great content, you know, and I enjoy listening to the shows and being among a group of um 
you know, wrestling, in, wrestling loving individuals. Um, yeah, so, and Dawn, thank you for, the, like I said earlier, keeping the ship afloat. You know, I know you could have been doing a lot of other things, but you're here with me another Tuesday night talking wrestling, and I appreciate you for it. Um, shout out to all our listeners. Um, shout out to everybody who in the hashtag with us. Shout out to those who be in the spaces with us. Um, shout out to Sarone Russell and Gordon, Baker Bone and uh, Mel. The Mel always gets shout outs. I was listening to an old, um, old, um, Bad Advice Show episode, and this was they were still in the network, and they were talking about, um, Randy Orton, um, Randy Orton got <clears throat> kicked out of Evolution, and he was like, yeah, we gotta go to our WrestleCast, um, make sure we, we, we um, got the right for our WrestleCast folks and everything, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot, this was like the little tie-in and everything, but, um, yeah, shout out to them. Shout out to every, you know, shout out to um, you know, wrestling fans all over. You know, even I mean the ones who have sense and knows what's going on. But those who do that, you know, it's it's real to you too. Shout out to y'all. And I'm gonna end this here because Don wants to give his shouts because he wants to watch NXT. So that's it for me. Well, thank you once again to everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to 300 episodes of the WrestleCast. Like I said at the top of the program, thank you to all my former co-hosts, everybody who's been a guest, all my current co-hosts here on the network. We greatly appreciate it. Please continue to rate, review, uh, you know, and listen to the next 300 episodes. We definitely appreciate you guys rocking with us the way that you do and continue to do um you know 300 episodes in and we're looking for the next 300 to be just as good so that's really all my shout outs man just i appreciate everybody listening taking the time to interact uh share the podcast listen to the podcast tweet us um however you interact with the wrestlecast man we greatly appreciate y'all so um i am very humbled and um, just very honored to be able to have this space and be able to allow people to share their commentary with color, to come in and talk wrestling and feel like that they can do it and not be judged and everybody can be heard. So we'll continue to keep that going here on the WrestleCast. And for my co-host, Mr. Mo to the underscore Reese, I'm your host, Don DeLorente. This has been episode 300 of the WrestleCast. (laughs) Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Nikki (laughs) A.S.H. Almost a superhero last night. Miss Money in the Bank. And tonight, on Monday Night Raw, you are the Raw Women's Champion. How... I'm just gonna say it. How are you feeling right now? <laughs> 24 hours ago, I was Miss Money in the Bank, Nikki in the Bank. 24 hours later, I am here as the the Raw Women's Champion. Champion! I have waited so long to say those words, and you know, tonight feels so good. 
it felt so good. Go now to celebrate with the WWE Universe. Our weekend WWE is back. We're back in front of our WWE Universe. We're back in front of our family. The, the ring, that ring has always been my home. And tonight, I just felt like I was reunited with all my family. I got to hug them and I got to win one of the most coveted titles in this industry. And I got to win it from Charlotte Flair. I beat the 11-time women's champion. And now, Nikki A.S.H., almost a superhero. I did this. I did this for all the little superheroes out there. And I'm leaving tonight as Raw Women's Champion! Congratulations. Well deserved. Wee.